Thank you for tuning in and listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a build guide for the Interceptor. Uh, if you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can probably catch me live right now. So tune in to twitch.tv slash say no to rage or just look up say no to rage on the Twitch platform. Catch me live. Take part in the discussions in the Q&A. And if you're here live right now, you can do the same. You can click the follow button so you don't miss out on th- these talks. This is my least favorite javelin. Not because the javelin's not good, but it doesn't really fit my playstyle. But I did learn quite a bit playing with the Interceptor, both from the people that were in chat and experimenting with some things. So, as with all of my talks, I'm going to give you a generic sort of movement or identity guide at the beginning of the talk, and then I'm going to go into builds, and then I'm going to end with weaknesses. And the reason I always start with sort of a generic idea about how you should use the javelin is because... A lot of times I think people that played this game struggled to enjoy it because they stayed two boots on the ground, they only used their guns, they didn't embrace the agility, the verticality, or the abilities of the javelins. And it's more of an abilities-driven game. Your guns are good and they do get better with time, but it still is more abilities-driven. So first I want to talk about in the mix. That's kind of this first section. The agility and the evasion of the interceptor is needed for max efficiency and you need to be sort of up in the mix with everything that's going on because so much is going to be related to your melee driven abilities. Whether you're doing the ability you just saw me do where you spin and land on the ground or you're priming and then using your melee as a detonator. In either scenario, you are needing to be close to the enemies. Now, the reason this is so beneficial to the playstyle of the Interceptor is you are constantly getting combos which will come from your priming abilities and then your melee. I think a lot of builds on the Interceptor are going to be double prime because you're constantly up in the mix able to get a dead off your melee and that's really all you need to proc the aura that comes from the abilities you're using or from what they're getting primed with. Now, the aura can be confusing and it led me to being frustrated some of the time. Anytime you land a combo on, say, a frozen enemy, you will get the little combo thing to pop up, and then you get up above your, up on the left side of the screen, you get an aura with like a little countdown. While that aura is happening, around you, enemies are being passively primed and covered with that area of effect. So if it's acid, fire, or electri- uh, electricity, uh, or ice, it's, it's affecting the ones around you. Now, the real thing you need to remember is you cannot combo those enemies. This will be clear in the full launch of the game. There will be an indicated, there will be an indicator above their head when they're primed, whether or not you can combo. If you can, it'll be a red uh, indicator, like a little red symbol. If it cannot be primed, uh, I'm sorry, detonated by you with the combo, it will be gray. Now, the reason that they do this is because of passive abilities like this where you cover them with the ability from your aura. They don't want you to be able to eternally combo. You would basically be able to land one combo, get the aura, and then constantly be passively priming everything, meleeing, getting the aura back, getting your combo back. It would have been a little bit OP. 
So that I think is going to, if, if you don't know that, that can cause frustration. Because if you don't know that, you're going to be like, why am I not landing combos? These guys are all frozen. You know, these guys are all on fire, whatever the case may be. And that can lead to you feeling like you're not really achieving much. Just a second ago, you saw me use my support ability, which is, as you can see over there, that's the LB and the RB buttons together to do the little, it's like a debuff. <clears throat> I actually forget the name of it. So I'm going to give you the name of it right now. It is called the target beacon he can also do a rally cry i think the target beacon was the preferred supportability that most people were using so remember that your job is to be up in the mix getting combos those combos initiate passive prime on all the enemies around you that's good for your team that's good for combos that helps your ult energy and it helps your team with efficiency The reason this is my least favorite javelin is for that reason. I don't like to be the one up in the mix getting all of the prime. I would prefer to be a little bit more drawn back or to be the one landing my own combos like I did with the ranger and the colossus. Those are my two favorite javelins, storm being right after them, but... I still feel like Storm and Interceptor are similar in that one's drawn back and doing a lot of priming, and one's down in the mix doing a lot of priming. So whenever you're playing this game, you have to embrace the identity of the Javelin or you're gonna get frustrated. And if you don't like the Interceptor, make sure it's not because you're playing poorly or that you're using the abilities and the movement poorly. If, the, if you're using the Interceptor the way that you've seen the, the guides and the videos like I'm putting out are kind of telling you to play the Interceptor and you still don't like the Interceptor, then try another Javelin. But give him a try, especially if you like melee-driven classes. I think you'll really like him because his ult is really strong and it's really, really fast. It has some weaknesses built into it. We'll talk about that in a moment. Now let's talk about builds. His builds are admittedly kind of limited if you look at the chart that we have, you know, in the previous videos and the one in chat right now. The Interceptor is very, very sort of limited in that there is no fire attacks at all in his loadout. He does have two Venoms, a couple of Shocks, but no no fire at all. And he only has one Cryo attack. So his, his attacks are pretty limited. He also is limited with respect to the amount of detonation that he gets. In his assault systems, he only has one detonation, Spark Dash, and in his strike systems, he only has one detonator, his Tempest Strike. Again, I think this is supposed to passively lead you to really leaning on your your melee for your detonation and using your other primers. Even in the realm of primers, his, his builds are limited. There's two primers for your assault systems and there's two primers for your strike systems. He, he does seem to have a different approach to playing and I'm wondering if some of his abilities like Searching Glaive or Cluster Mine, Plasma Star, Wraith Strike, I'm wondering if these are going to come into play whenever you are whenever you are playing the game. Because I, I, I he does seem to be He has a lot of impact damage attacks and less of the elemental attacks. Again, that's with his identity. He's melee driven, so keep that in mind. But this is the build that I think a lot of people are going to gravitate to at least initially. The Cryo Glaive combined with Tempest Strike is actually a really solid build. You're able to prime and then you're able to debt, and then you have your melee for debt. The only limitation you're going to run into here is you're up in the mix, right? You're up in the mix, and then while you're up in the mix, you're you're able to prime more often if you run two primers. This is going to keep you limited on how often you can prime when you're running 
tempest strike alongside of your melee that is also a detonator your your melee has a super super short cooldown it's almost instantaneous so a lot of folks i think are going to lean on that as your detonator so the other build that i think is going to be popular is cryoglave with detonating strike now that's really confusing on the name i'm surprised they did this detonating strike is a primer <laughs> so try and make sense of that it's called detonating strike but it's not a detonator okay that's kind of weird so that that's you running two primers if you're running cryoglave with detonating strike that is the little flourish spin uh that you see me using sometimes and that's going to enable you to have two primers so you're constantly priming you're constantly deading with your melee that's going to keep you in that vein and in that identity of priming for your teams with that aura your aura is a huge huge factor in your team and your class's efficiency because you do get super energy ult energy from primed enemies that get comboed so the more enemies you're getting that aura on the more often you're going to be feeding your the more often you're going to be feeding your ult energy now you just saw me do something I kind of forgot to mention during my beginning when I talked about agilities his agility is that he has a triple dodge if you hold down dodge you can do a triple dodge now apparently you can space it out that wasn't working all that well in the demo I had to hold it down to get the triple dodge I wasn't I was not able to space it out some folks were telling me you could space it out I could never consistently space it out so I was holding it down that enables you to clear space and dodge at a really really fast rate right now with his loadouts being very limited because of his aura i think this leads to you being in a role of sort of you're a support primer but you also have high dps influence the target beacon increases the damage of the enemy it's almost like a debuff and then the ultimate is is high on dps and this is why i think some people will struggle with interceptor because it does seem to be high skill, high reward subclass. They even warn you about that when you pick him, that he is a harder class to learn, a little bit more challenging to execute well. I think he'll come in big in endgame team comp with the debuff and his ultimate and his ability to constantly prime people in a passive way will come in big if you're running with Colossus and a storm that can debt from far away. So let's talk about weaknesses now here at the end. He doesn't have a lot of debts in primers, so this is where some discovery is going to have to happen with the content. The non-detonating, non-prime abilities, I call them raw damage abilities. I'm curious if there's going to be specific bosses and enemies and encounters where those will become very strong. If that is the case, a lot of blues there on the ground, that's pretty exciting. If that is the case, then this guy will really shine in that content. The Storm, conversely, will struggle in content where deading and priming is weaker because the Storm has like two abilities that are non-det, non-prime. So the Storm and the Interceptor are very similar, but they're almost the the opposite of each other in that respect that Interceptor's got a lot of non-det, non-prime abilities and Storm only has two, one in each section. This again leaves room for expansion later on with abilities coming from future content, expanding our abilities, expanding our builds, and expanding what they can do. But... I believe the debt melee plus combos with the aura is really the way that you're going to play, which means you're accepting less combos and you're embracing that more support class role. Movement also, with respect to weaknesses, movement in his ultimate did feel kind of odd. I 
felt like I should have been much faster. I felt like the forward momentum should have been much better. I would recommend if you pop your ult, make sure you're very close to whatever you would like to attack because moving forward quickly was a challenge. Now, this could be something that gets fixed after the beta, but even dodging forward really fast was very inconsistent and challenging, and I'm not really sure if that was intentional or if that was something in the demo or if that's how they intend it to be. They want the super to be one that you pop with intelligence. They don't want you popping your ultimate from super far away and, like, you know, streamlining your way to the boss. Maybe you're supposed to pop it when you're close so movement and alt is a little bit weak and some of the loadouts may seem weak on the, on the outset but there could be future content where some of his builds and abilities are going to really shine I didn't get a chance to try out venom bomb or venom spray so those are some primers I did not get a chance to mess with I also didn't get a chance to mess with the impact abilities like the searching glaive cluster mind plasma star and wraith strike they no impact abilities did well in this stronghold so there wasn't a huge reason for me to experiment with that the other classes that I tried that on they did not seem to get any footing I know people were saying they were good against shields but that was about it and even then I didn't feel like the seeker grenades on the ranger did anything to shields they could have just been not working very well I don't know they could need patch at the end of the day this is the higher skill I think higher reward subclass it's going to be challenging but we'll have those big payouts in DPS agility and passive priming for your team so don't turn your nose up to the interceptor unless of course you're like me and he doesn't really suit your play style we're going to transition to question and answer so get your questions in now because it does start to ramp up and a lot of questions start to get submitted if you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify or watching on YouTube you can always tune in live to be part of these discussions twitch.tv slash say no to rage as with all my content I appreciate you watching and listening please like share and subscribe.